Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage, this is The Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi, with me as always is my brother. Frankie Biazzi. Alright, so we have something really important to catch up on. Um, And, like, honestly, surprised we can talk about it so soon, after the last time it came up on the podcast, proud of myself. Uh, I have achieved Master Ball rank in doubles using exclusively... A mono dragon team. And I just wanted to talk because, like, no one... I have no one to talk to about this, so, like, if you're listening to this podcast, it's you. You're the person. It's not me. Do you know how much of a handicap it is to give yourself a mono team trying to make the doubles ladder? There are a few weird teams I ran into in this quest. The people who run just EV teams are the most foolish of all. I don't know how you win with that team, but congratulations. If you're running an EV team in Master Ball, damn. But my dragon team overperformed, in my opinion. It started really rough. I had to tweak it a bit. But once the tweaks were made, I I feel like I'm about 50% win. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but like 50% win for that team is really good. And for me, playing that team is, I think, really good. So like, I'm a Master Ball player. Congratulations to me. Probably one of the best Pokemon players you know. Congratulations. You, that, pro- you probably couldn't do it. Was that really like you were like, I, I do have something to talk about. That was no, it. yeah. Well, man. I've been holding this in too because I made Master Ball two I days I thought ago. you were just like over it because you have. What? No. You have, I played Pokemon today. I'll play it yesterday. I'll probably play it tomorrow. Even though you now have an Xbox. The problem is I'm not going to be able to play enough to do what I want to do now in Pokemon because like, I'm going to be playing so much Harry Potter. That's something I've really been thinking about. Like, how am I going to get my team done? Because, like, I was so satisfied with my dragon performance. Must like, be tough to be you. The fact that I was able to do it with the dragons, like, I'm legitimately in Ultra Ball winning five matches in a row with this dragon team. It shouldn't happen. These people have Pokemon that are that destroy my Pokemon, theoretically. And I'm outplaying them in these battles. Because you know what they do. And... and my dragons are fucking good. Yeah. I'm winning these bat, and like I'm on the cusp of Master Ball, and I'm just thinking to myself, if I can do this with this team, it's essentially like I'm just challenging myself. And like every team I've used so far to get anywhere. How in these good ladders, could you be if you if just, I just use the shitty Pokemon? If you they just use. use the same team that everyone uses, like <laughs> this Pokemon, everyone uses because it can do that. Like, so I've assembled a team of six Pokemon that annoy me the most. Like the ones that when I see people use these, I'm like, yet. you're a fucking dick. Why do you even use that overpowered piece of shit Pokemon? I'm going to have a team of those Pokemon. You never lose again. <laughs> I plan on really going hard. I don't know how far I can get, but like to just see how high on the ladder I can get. But now that I'm ha- I have the Xbox, which, spoiler alert, you'll get to eventually. I don't know. I'm not gonna, probably not going to ever be able to find out. Until the DLC comes out for Pokemon. And hopefully it's right in between a time when I'm done with Harry Potter, I guess. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you find the time. <laughs> well, I mean, you find time for the gym. I don't have a kid, though. If you had a kid, you wouldn't go to the gym? I would, I would no. It's actually funny. I had a conversation the other day with this guy in the gym. We talked about it. So maybe it's just like, what, it's, what, you, what do you put value on? I put value in on the gym. So people say that all the time. Like, oh, you get to spend hours at the gym now. Just wait until you have a kid. And it's like, well... Well, no, I'm still going to go to the gym when I have a kid. Like, 
I maybe I'm I won't be able to go at three in the afternoon for four hours, but maybe I got to go at six in the morning for an hour and a half. Then that's what I'll do because that is a part of my day that is not changing. Yeah. I will make it work. Yours just happens to be video games. Like no, like I play video games like at night when she's in bed. So like, like I, I will not matter. Like, I'll figure out when I play them and I play them. When I have time, yeah, and I'm like, oh, cool. Now if it's nice out, maybe I go play disc golf. Like, today I was like, I was a borderline. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go play disco. Like, if you were, Never got fully nice. Yeah. I was thinking about it today, too. We could have done that. I'm too sore to play disco. Yeah, you play football, too. I played disc golf twice. How great is football. disc golf, by the way? Is it my, I think is I'm it, fully... It's my favorite sport. I think I'm fully, like... Like, disc golf over golf. Come on. If you have time and you want to go play one of those two games, why would you I'm taking disc golf. golf. Number one, I'm better at it already. Well, I'm already a better score, disc golfer than a golfer. and having a good time. Like, you're going to... I can threaten shoot par. <laughs> I can threaten par playing disc golf. At pretty much any course. Like, I can't threaten The par. challenge for me playing, like, golf used to be when I was like... Was like, every time I went out there, it was like, goals break 80. Like, can we, can we shoot in the 70s today? Well, now I've, I've played maybe seven times in the last, like, year and a half. That's so little golf. So now it's like when I go out there, I have to, like, almost, I'm, like, relearning the sport. I'm like, I got to hope I don't shoot a hundred today. And, like, that's not fun, especially when you used to be good at something. It's like, fuck that. So I don't know. Disc, and disc is just more relaxing. I don't get as frustrated. But there is still, like, a level of frustration because, like, I know I can do certain things. Yeah, so I just think overall, disc golf, way better. So first nice day we get this week, we'll go out. Yeah, I need like a nice day. But I mean, it's still early in the season for us to be like it's fucking February. Um, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, you, you pack. That's what you put in your suitcase. I put a lot of Pokemon in my suitcase for the last few weeks, and now unfortunately it'll be Hogwarts. <laughs> unfortunately for Pokemon, I was gonna say what? Unfortunately, but I'm glad it worked out. Where like I got to Master Ball with the Dragon Team. You feel like you. You can put it aside and be like, you know, I did well. I was like, what more do I need to prove? Like, my when you look at the, my Pokemon, all 32 boxes are full. All 100, level 100. They're not all level 100, but I have multiple boxes full of only level 100 Pokemon that I could assemble into a team and go battle at any time. Which, like, and that's the cool thing, too. Like, I can literally pick up the Pokemon game now at any time and hop on the highest competitive battles, make a team of my own Pokemon that I've trained, and battle and have a good time and put it down. So like, don't have to sink a lot of time into it. But there's still things I want to do. So like, I'm, it's there. And now I'm gonna go uh, learn how to be a wizard. The best. I think I'm gonna be an auger. Right. That's what it is. In, I don't know what an auger is. In Harry Potter, those are the people like Harry Potter eventually becomes an auger. Auger. The people who like seek out the bad, the evil wizards. Uh-oh. Complaints about Harry Potter Legacy, man. If you're listening to this straight through, it's, it's in such a retarded. weird order. <laughs> why, I was going to say, why are you now talking about Harry Potter again? Complaints, I thought we just did that. Complaints about Harry. What we didn't do the complaints about it. We only did. That's your. We fault. only praised it and talked about how cool it is to have an Xbox. But now let's just do the cons of Harry Potter Legacy, and then we'll say goodnight. Cons: weird visual glitch on Professor Fig when you interact with him, where like his face does weird shit uh i'm sure they could fix that but it's something i've encountered it's like not a perfect game um 
the vo- the voiceover, the voice acting is generally okay. Sometimes it's not good. But the character you're playing as, so like my character, all the voices, because you're supposed to be like a 15-year-old. So I get it. You're not like a man. Oh, boy. I don't want my character to sound like a fucking twink. <laughs> like a little... Oh, hi there! <laughs> yeah. All the voices were so... So like I, my only option was to choose the deepest voice and then drop it all the way. So I'm sure it's just like a voice effect on the voice. But it literally sounds like a Whoa. droid. Like I, my character sometimes sounds like a robot. I think you should have just. Wars video game. I think you should have just chosen to have like a young voice. Like it literally will be like, "I'm sorry, young Skywalker. I just want." And I'm like, "Is this what game am I playing?" Um, so that's a complaint. I wish that there were more masculine voices, and even if there weren't, I wish that my voice sounded more realistic. And also to add to that, I've seen the female character now because I watched some of Rachel's playthrough so far. And her character also sounded robotic. like So it's something with the, the modulation voice, yeah. of the voice of the main character. Which is kind of jarring. You know, I would say it's a problem. And um, what else? Uh, that's it. Those are my only two real complaints. So great. Well, the one character <laughs> has a fucked up face that will be fixed in the next patch. And the voice. The voice of the main character is a little jarring. A little weird. And, the story, and I also said... You'll the find story. out the story's not 100% great, which, I mean, relax. It's the most, this podcast is going to give you an aneurysm listening this to. It's a Tarantino podcast. very confused. Tarantino-style like, podcast. What am I listening to? That's going to be the name of this podcast, the Tarantino Arcade. Pretty good. Right, good night. All right. Ew.
Oh. Should we just do, like, do you just want to do a review of the Xbox and Harry Potter? Sure. I mean, I don't... There's nothing I think I'm dying to discuss. Um... So it is weird, like, joining the new... The I want to keep saying, like, I'm joining the next generation of gaming, but I'm not. Like, I finally joined the current generation of gaming. Yeah. It does feel You've like... You've been behind. So before we get into, like, Harry Potter specifically, let's just talk about... The Xbox. The hardware, the Xbox, like, what it's like, because... So that's my... That is exactly what my thing That's was. what I was most curious about. Like, what's it going to be like... I don't care Xbox? about the game. Like, you saw that's the game I want to play, but I... Listen. The... The... The Series X and the PS5 now have been out for... Two, almost three years. And they're weird because they're still not available. No, like, they're still putting out games for the old systems because still, they don't have enough yeah. players on the new system. Like, every game still is, like, basically compatible with PS4 or Xbox One because it's just not... These consoles, like, don't exist. And not a lot of people. I feel like I don't really know a ton of people that have them. I know a few people, but... I'm glad I finally got to be one of those people. Um, You saw how good it looks. So that's obviously the first thing I noticed when I started playing. Now, obviously the setup, fucking... I almost had to kill someone because setting it up on my Samsung phone for some reason was a bitch. But when I just used Rachel's iPhone, it worked with no problems. Like, it was... Apple, baby. So I have to give Apple the win there. You know I show an Apple for that. But it literally, if if Rachel also didn't have an Apple, like, I don't know if it would have worked or, like, if I'd still do that next week. You needed a phone to make it work. It should have been, it, from what it seemed like, it seemed like it should have been a simple thing. Like, connect to the app, let it use your phone to hook up to your Wi-Fi, give it permission, bing, bang, boom, you're set up. And so you, for some reason, there's no option to just type in a Wi-Fi password. I feel like there should have been, um, but for some reason when I hit the button that I thought would bring up that prompt, it was skipping that prompt and going right back into the same loop that I was kind of stuck in. I think there's something that goes on with the Verizon Fios router that I have and like where the Wi-Fi password actually is and the way my Samsung phone connects to the internet versus how it was connecting to the Xbox. When I did it on my phone... It kept telling me that there was a problem, go to the app, and then I would go to the app and it would say there's no problem. I would hit the, do follow the instructions and it would just kick back saying that it couldn't connect. But for some reason when I went on the app on Rachel's phone, did all the same stuff, and used the iPhone, it did the correct thing where it you just start, connected. Yeah, just you're connected, connected now it's like the next I, step. I think it's just because that, I think it's because the my password protected internet like, there's, like, a pop-up blocker on my Samsung phone that's stopping whatever needs to go to from, go. like, showing me whatever I need to see in order to continue the process. I think it might have been a hiccup as small as that, but, like, it literally could t- cost me, like, an hour and a half. And, you know, when you're dealing with new video game consoles or anything, like, that hour and a half has cost me time to install the game, and it's cost me, like, I'm not going to play until... I would have been losing my mind. Yeah. And I just... Like, I would have been, been ready to, like... S- I would have been ready to smash the thing I just bought for I've hundreds of dollars. I've been trying to get it for two, three weeks. I've been patiently waiting. It was out of stock on the original plan. I had to go to backup plan. Then it was like, you could have it in an hour, but you have to be there, like, right now. So I left, dropped everything to get it. Got it home early in the day thinking... I'll be I'm going to play... play. 
And like I literally didn't, didn't get it the game until, until probably like, like ten o'clock. Yeah, like, it was just how it is. It is that's crazy. Like, that's like one of the things that when I thought about the future of gaming when I was a kid, I never. That's thought gone I'd have backwards. To do it. That's awful. It's one of those that then like I, I the benefits of it are probably worth it. We were talking about it yesterday. Um, I was talking about some people, and like I think it's just because the games we're able to make, the tech that we have. Is so far ahead. It's so far ahead of the technology we have of processing it. So like consoles are behind where the games are. We can make games even bigger and even better, but like there's just they have nothing. To play they have to be be able to be played. It's like, well, and that's that is the huge problem. Like the Xbox Series X is essentially like a huge computer, and it's got to download the soft the software. Now, back in the day, when you're when the PlayStation Two was just reading a disc like it was a CD, and it was like play this. That was easy, but now it's like taking the information. How did Nintendo from that? work? How did a little cartridge just put in the top, and then you just play a game instantly? There was no you Nintendo- buy it, you get home, and then you play it. There is no download. I like that Nintendo exists because it does give you the alternative, where it's like okay, we scale back on the power aspect, but like, and like scale. Why not? Make consoles a little cheaper, and make games a little bit more expensive. But like, instead of it being a disc or like something you download on, like, make the game itself almost like a mini physical thing. Because like that's what, right? Like when you were buying Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One, the blue cartridge for N sixty four, the game wasn't the console reading the. The, the game was the game. Well, that's why I wanted the X over the S, because I want to be able to buy the actual discs. Because I want... But I'm saying, like, even discs aren't the game. I know, but but just to be able to have the physical medium is important. It's no different than the conversation people would have about vinyl records versus iTunes when that whole thing started. You know, like, it's not, it's not the same. But, regardless, it took forever for it to install... I was able to play, like, at 50%, you're able to start the game. I played through, like, the whole tutorial. When I was done with that, it was like, all right, well, we still have to finish downloading the so rest of the So just wait. So wait, and then I had to wait, like, another 30, 40 minutes for it to finish downloading. So it teases you. But, I mean, I gotta say, like... The How graphics, was the start? Because that's, like, the thing I see is, like... Well, hold on, I'll get into that. But first, like, the graphical advances from, like, the last time I played a modern console to this modern console. Especially because you've been playing so much Switch over the last few years. Yeah, like, especially, like, I've been playing... I'm coming from, like... Switch is, like, we don't care about graphics. Yeah, I'm coming from, like, 100 hours of Pokemon, like, or 200 hours of Things Pokemon. Things look like my... Like... <laughs> so, like, it's incredible, the visual difference, like, obviously. But I would say that I'm actually underwhelmed by the... Gra- the just the sheer graphics. And I'm only talking about Harry Potter because the only game I played, I haven't booted up Forza yet... But just from the sheer graphics on just like a moment-to-moment playing the game, am I that impressed with the graphics? No. Like, and there, are, there are visual glyph- glitches, Tommy. too. Tommy said the exact same thing. He's like, it looks good, but like... But here's where I am so impressed with it. The console. The the X over any video game. Like, where it's, it literally is the future of video games, and you can feel it and know it and sense it when you play this versus any video game console I've ever played. I'm a 32-year-old man. I've been playing video games essentially my whole life. Never played a system that I know this. I've never played something like this because... I don't know if you noticed it when you were playing just for the few minutes you were playing. The visual scale, in terms of, like... 
especially vertically. Like when I look up, I'm not used to playing video games where so much shit matters above my head. Like if I'm if I'm standing outside Hogwarts and I look up at the building, I feel like I'm standing at the foot of a skyscraper. Yeah, like you get the, and that's not you get that scale. Like you can play Grand Theft Auto Five and like you see the skyscrapers, but like it doesn't feel you don't like get you're that. in a real size city. I feel like I'm in a real size castle at Hogwarts, and I think that's to do entirely with what this Xbox's power and where it's dedicated in doing. Like your draw distance, the size and scale of things, the way in which like the textures above you just continue, and you see the roof or the bookshelf. It doesn't just like or, fade into yeah, something, or like, like there's stuff above you. You look up, and that and that's introducing a whole new literal dimension to your video game playing that's unusual to me coming from just other consoles where like sure there's staircases that go up in every video game but like you kind of assume that there's nothing there until you get up to the next level or like it's not no it exists when you're not there yeah and if you look up above your head you might see like something entirely unlike what you expected to see just because of how much space is above you like The sky above you is it feels like a dynamic real sky as opposed to like an artist's rendering of something out in the distance. Which yeah. like I love Skyrim, my favorite game. Skyrim is a huge game, and at the time you played it, you felt like, oh my god, this game couldn't be big, couldn't be. This game makes it makes Skyrim feel. But like... But Skyrim I'm like, is played on this plane. Yeah. Like it's three D and like, but like you don't. Well, and Bethesda layers its its dungeons and activities into levels like into the height of of like yeah so like there's a cave up top middle down below so they're they do a good job of giving you that scale but like i feel like when the next bethesda game comes out and i'm playing skyrim on this console one mountain could potentially hold dozens and dozens and dozens of dungeons as opposed to like well i mean that was like four trying to think like what what to compare it to but like even if you watch the harry potter movies yeah the castle we understand in when they're filming it right like all right they have a shot they have a shot for the outside and then they have all the different sets for the inside and they're all in different places and even though the movie does a great job over the course of seven well, eight movies. Of showing the castle. They they change, like, things move around. Like, sometimes Hagrid's hut is, like, right outside the walls. Sometimes it's far away. So when you have that inconsistency and you get that feeling of, like, well, it's not really there, and it's only there when you're showing it to me. Mm-hmm. But to create that feeling of, like, no, like, this thing is a monstrous thing that exists... And it is here. It is part of it. Because I noticed as soon as I came out of that bridge and like looked down, I'm like, holy shit. Like, There's a lot of shit out there. That's what I said. I was like, have you like <laughs> explored this whole thing? It seems right. impossible. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, So that's just about playing the Xbox. I haven't touched an Xbox in years. I haven't played a modern console in years. And like my transition just in the few hours I put into this Harry Potter game, my experience with the console. But now like the Harry Potter game as a game. The opening is pretty good. Um, the story, I think, is like less than mediocre so far for me. Like, I'm not like super into my like the story. the story itself. I'm way more into like the story of the world and the story of the characters that I'm meeting 
if that makes sense. But like the the actual like narrative it's telling me hasn't like blown me away by any stretch so far. I don't know what's still in store for me. But like playing the game, combat, the visuals again, like obviously the castle's really impressive. How they how they give you like this world to play in and just are like here you're a wizard now and here's Hogwarts and here's Hogsmeade and here's whatever else you want to do and then just go find things to do. That's really cool. And I think what's really interesting and nice about this game is like we're getting to a point where like the studio Avalanche had had no reputable games come out. But like I am really impressed with where Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers we get shit on for everything in their movie realm in like their creative direction like they always get they seem to be the butt of the jokes but what they've done with their video games i think like disney should look at and take a really hard look at what they've done especially well, that's with this specifically i'm excited just just from like the early success of this game the week that it's been out of people like it's better than we expected handle your good franchises with care put money and resources behind a project give a team that you believe in the time and resources. Yeah, like to how long do have they something? been working on this game? Years, and then tell them to do it, and you come away with something that's worthwhile, and it it builds the brand. So like Harry Potter, maybe it's not a perfect game. Like I said, I'd probably give it an eight just because like it's pretty good though. So far, I mean, maybe by the end of it, I fall in love. But I mean, there's some surface things. Like okay, I will nitpick, but it's a good game. If Star Wars came out with a Harry, with a with a Jedi game. Like this wizard game, no one would complain about Star Wars. Yeah, but they'll never do that At because the they're so dumb. And we've talked about that for so long. Star Star Wars doesn't understand what they are. I don't think it's Star Wars not knowing who they are. It's like Disney doesn't know what Star Wars is. It's like they they want it to be what they think it is. Yeah, well, that's why like Harry Potter, and they I feel so strongly about like, and maybe it's because J.K. Rowling had didn't do what George Lucas did, but, like, Jake Rowling has such a strong sense of, like... The world. Of the world that is Harry Potter. But George Lucas had a huge sense of what... Disney just threw what George Lucas' sense of the universe But was George Lucas... Garbage. But George... Sure, but George Lucas also opened Star Wars to up to, like, the public. Where, like, eh, you can write stories and comics. But, okay. And they got published. But... You can't... I can't just go write, like, a spin-off Harry Potter... But before Book. Disney, all those things went through George Lucas. Yes. And then he would tell you if you wrote something that he didn't like, he'd be like, that's but not going to be He public. should have not allowed any of it. No, a lot of it was good. Some of the best stuff of Star Wars in Star Wars yeah. Universe had nothing to do with George Lucas. Some of the worst stuff in Star Wars Universe before Disney. I just Harry Potter has just such a good idea of like what they are and what their fans want. Even though their fans can be crybabies talking about we're going to kill J.K. Rowling and she's not allowed to do anything. At the end of the day, they know what people want from their game. And all people wanted from their game was, is this going to feel like I'm really in this world experiencing what I what it should feel like? You're, you're search- and that's what's hard. It's like you're going for a feeling. It's not like you're actually but, trying but to... But in video games, trying to capture a feeling is... I think the most important thing you can do. 100%, but it's hard. If you can... And, like, the hardest thing about it is... Call of Duty hasn't been able to capture the feeling that I felt 10 years ago. Because you're not trying to capture a feeling you've ever had before. 
The best video games are going to give you a feeling you've never really had before. But that are unique to that you're specific trying, game. But, and, but I think when it comes to Harry Potter, right? The fans who love the movies and the books, when they read the books or watched the movies, there was a feeling that went along with it. This like, look, like you're you were a Harry Potter book reader before the movies had come out. You read the books. You loved the books. There, there was must have been a feeling that you had while reading those books. Now, if the best version of the game will hopefully at some point it will hit a, a chord in you, and you go, you know, when I was twelve years old reading Prisoner of Azkaban, I thought one day I could feel like you know, you know what I'm saying. But there are two different feelings that that we're talking about here. So yeah. Like, the game is trying to capture that feeling of getting called into Hogwarts and becoming a wizard. Yes. Of course. <laughs> but even more important than that is how the game feels as you're playing it respective to its mechanics as a video game. So, like, how do you get from you're playing a video game ones and zeros behind the screen to the mechanics of the game empower you to then feel, feel like that way yes so like the real feeling isn't even you want to feel like a wizard the real feeling is does it feel good how does it how does it not just feel like you're hitting a button yeah exactly does it feel good as I'm you have to make it world? more than like dynasty warriors is a great example of this and one of the reasons why i love dynasty warriors as a video game and like a lot of people give dynasty warriors shit but like you, the people who don't like Dynasty Warriors have a legitimate gripe because they're like, well, all I'm doing is hitting the box, the square button over and over and over. Yes. Until you have to hit circle. Or, but you're pretty or much, sometimes you throw in a triangle. <laughs> but pretty much you're just hitting the square button. Okay. Fair. That is the game. But the feeling that is transferred to the player, if they're able to put themselves into the character. It's a rhythm. It's great. All right. So it feels I, good. I want it. Alright, so Harry Potter comes out, I now have an itch to play video games, I do not have an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5. I cannot buy Harry Potter. So I was like, I'm just looking in like, the games that I have, and I'm like, I just want to play something. Yeah, yeah. So I popped in Dynasty Warriors, and I played one, one, one match. And all it took was the one, and it like, hit the... Hit, like, this, the thing I was looking for to be satisfied. And I was like, eh, that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. But, but like, when I'm going through swarms of people and I'm hitting square, yeah, all I am is hitting a button. But, like, I'm like, tap, tap, hold it a little longer. Give it a little extra. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick now. Like, there is a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm not hitting it, like, going, I'm hitting a button. I'm looking at my character on the screen going, I want to hit like this, and now I want to hit like that. And the game understands that. And if... And if the sword connecting with the digital characters on the screen sending their bodies flying is satisfying to to all those senses that you're having as a player and the vibrations of the controllers and the sounds of the, of the audio, like if it's all coming together and putting you in that, that's what makes yeah. the game. So that's why I think like... Game, in Harry Potter, you're, you're playing a game where it has a distinct feeling. Like, yes, they took... They essentially took Bully from Rockstar, advanced it 15 years and blew it up in scale and size and put it in the Harry Potter world. And then they took the combat from like, I don't know, I've never played Elden Ring, but I imagine like those style games. Or like, maybe like that Star Wars Jedi game that I played that I can't remember the name of that came out recently that was okay. 
It's a combat from those types of games where it's like Dark Souls inspired, like you don't have a lot of room for error, very fast paced, but hard hitting and like powerful. And they've created something that really has its own identity and feels unique and special in the video game world. And video games, more than any other industry, it's very copycat, very cookie cutter, and we tend to allow mediocrity because you're just looking for an escape or something fun, so you don't want to criticize something that, at the end of the day, was fun. And I think that sometimes leaves a lot of meat on the bone for a company to make something that's actually good. Like, my biggest problem with Assassin's Creed games is that, like, they just never felt like they were trying to make anything special or good. Yeah, And, like, Madden... Like, if they were trying to make a really great football game, I just don't feel like they'd make the same Madden every year. I agree. I agree with that. And that's why I think, like, um, like MLB The Show, same thing. Like, it's just... Most games. Is it good? It's probably It's good. good. I enjoy playing MLB. I enjoy playing Madden. But, but like, like, if, I, if you're telling me that, like, we get one baseball game... And it's going to be this. Like, can we do better? Though? You definitely could. Yeah, right? Like, if there were multiple people competing to make the best baseball game. But, they're, but when they're making that game, I don't think they're doing what, like, the Harry Potter people were doing. No, of course not. The they're Harry not Potter going... people were like, let's make the best Harry Potter game we could possibly make. And they did that. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is not the attitude you see of it. Which is why, like, I love Bethesda games. And like, but you don't see that attitude in like any form of media. Like, it's not a lot. It's yeah. so rare in movies and TV. Yeah, like no one's like, I'm gonna tell the best story I could possibly tell, or like, I'm gonna write the best piece of music I could possibly write. No, it's always like, I'm gonna print money. And printing money is great. Like, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like, a lot of the times you think you're going to print money, and what you print is actually. But that's a why, pile like, when like TV shit. shows and stuff come along that transcend and are fantastic, it's because like, like look at eight, two two shows that we can use. You look at Breaking Bad, and you look at Game of Thrones. Wildly different shows. One has a source material to it. One doesn't. Breaking Bad comes along, and it's Vince Gilligan's passion. He wrote this story, and he's like. I have an incredible story that I want to tell. And once it's told, that's it. It's all I want. And it, it's great because he is, I think he was cinematographically transcendent for that show. The writing was superb. The story's incredible. The acting's phenomenal. Everything about it just is good because they were trying to make the best show possible. So it didn't matter what network signed on to the show. When it's on AMC, I don't think people were expecting it to be the show that it turned into. Although AMC at that era had The Walking Dead and Mad Men, Mad Men. come on at the same time. And I then if you look at Game of Thrones, alright, well it's coming from source material that's a little out there. like, But Benioff and Weiss, when they go in and are pitching, they want to make this show, they're just diehard fans that just want to make the best possible show that represents the books that they love. Yeah. And that's what you need. Well, we can tie this into a conversation we had in this podcast not too long ago where we talked about, like, art and, like, what what it means to be yeah. art. So, like, I would argue, and you know how I feel about how corporate, as soon as, like, you, the money comes in and the corporate backing comes in, like, it ruins the art, essentially. Yes. But I think that you can see how... There are moments in time, like I was just praising Warner Brothers, 
where the interest, where the money printing desire of the corporation, where the corporation's desire to turn every intellectual property of any success into a machine that they could essentially press or pull lever and money just shift out of it. Hey, things aren't working out. Hit that, hit that Harry Potter button. Yeah. That desire of the corporation can sometimes align with, with the, the consumer art. interest yes. of receiving good art when the corporation understands that all it really takes is patience Time. and care. Time. Like, patience and care can actually give you money for Because Warner, Warner Brothers could have easily said, we want a Harry Potter game and Tomorrow. we want it next year. And it better be good. And, it and, then, and the women shit and they would have made money. Yeah. But not sustained money. This, this is this sustained game will money. Be around now. It'll be around. You're gonna. They can immediately right now. You have a team. Get a DLC hey, going. Go hire some people. DLC. We're gonna put a team specifically on patching. We hired new people. They're gonna start developing Hogwarts two. Yeah. Like there's like now it's all of a sudden. Yes, yeah, so like you have now an entire new franchise basically that you just developed from the same franchise because you allowed it to. To take its time. And again, I give J.K. Rowling a ton of credit for that. I think she's... Well, I mean, there have been shitty Harry Potter games. A lot. Yeah, but like... When it comes to like the story... I feel like she never... Who cares about a, a game? Look at what Warner Brothers done with... I think they do the Dragon Ball Z games. I think they do... They know they do Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's Ed Boon has NetherRealm Studios right out of... Uh, Warner Brothers now, and that studio produced, like, the fight games for the DC comic book universe. Like, there's a few fighting games that are really well-liked. So, like, Warner Brothers has now built video game franchises that are legitimately good, and it's with the understanding that it does take... It does take money to invest in these projects, but more than that, it takes a team of good people with time and then a vision... And respect for the source material. Well, like, you know but who if I, you respect your source material... You know who I give, like, the ultimate credit to? And maybe they are, they're on, they might be on the other side of this. It might be a little too extreme. Uh, the creative avatar, Brian... Yeah. Can, he's, like, almost too protective of it. Well, no, but because he's it been him right. He got burned. And he said, well, now, like... Now I can't trust anyone with it. Because I watched M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> shit... <laughs> On my beloved, did you see him recently story. had quotes about that whole experience? Did you see M Night Shyamalan's recent quotes about directing? Oh God, no. the last Airbender. These quotes are they insane? Oh my God! Wait, I need to. Does okay, he think it's a good movie? movie? No, no, no. I mean, if you thought it was a good movie, you could just say he's. I know M Night Shyamalan is a crazy person, but that's not what he said. M Night Shyamalan's trying to gaslight the universe. <clears throat> Be like, listen, we all look back on that movie fondly. I think it was with Hollywood Reporter. I'll tell you in a second. M. Night Shyamalan. You know, the fans of Avatar really loved it. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it when I read it. When was this? It was recent. It was recent. Oh my god. Yeah, three weeks ago at Screen Rant. He talks about the lessons he learned from the Avatar. Here, I'm going to read the full quote. Oh, God. I'm scared. Quote, All of us go through moments in our lives where we want to be accepted. We get tired of the fight and having to defend who we are. And tacitly or sometimes overtly, they'll say, 
you are wrong for doing it this way. You are arrogant. If you just do this and this and this, it'll all work out for you. And I went, okay, maybe you're right. So I made a genuine effort to join the <coughs> system, but I learned that the special thing that makes me happy was hard to do within the system. It was so wonderful to have that opportunity, but there are many people who are so much better at that kind of storytelling than I am. What is he trying to say? He was restricted? I think it's less that he's trying to say. I think he's trying to say that, like, I knew going into the Avatar movie, it really wasn't for me. But I'm going to give it a genuine effort because people say I need to make this kind of movie in order to be, like, a big, successful Hollywood director. But because it wasn't for me and I was I wasn't being genuine to myself, I made a bad movie. That's my interpretation of that quote. And here's what I would say to that Which quote. Which I could I could give it sure, but no, it's not sure. No, I think it's sure. But like you made the bad movie at the time. All those choices were your. It's choices. revisionist history because at the time he was so excited to do Avatar, he studied the franchise and. Wanted all the bullshit he gave at the time. Number one. Number two, he was already a. The Hollywood system is why he was able to make the happening before the Avatar came out. That is true. See, that's the problem. He made shitty movies that's before the, the Avatar. If the happening was after, we could be like. It okay. ruined his career. <laughs> the happening, you did that. The Village, The Happening, like all these movies that, like, got critically panned. That, like,. Lady in the Water? That came out before that came out before Avatar, you son of a bitch. What are you talking about? The yeah, Avatar. <laughs> See, it's Avatar was the worst in a series of really terrible movies that you made. And I- it's the worst because like there like there was something that existed prior. We're talking about we were just talking about treating your IP with respect. Yeah. Like, well that's how we got to the guy. Like so if you had a case study in treating a franchise with, with Hatred with absolute malice. It's M. Night Shyamalan's treatment of the Yeah, no, you can almost look back at that and go, M. Night Shyamalan had a disdain for these people. (laughs) Like, like, he set out. He didn't like anything about He set out to, like, I want to destroy this. (laughs) We're going to cast all white people. And change their names. We're going to. The names are the same, but we're going to mispronounce them for no reason at all. You have the cartoon; it's right there. It came out five years ago. It's not some like it's like the Bible, really. Like, but so when we're talking about that guy, the creator, who, so he makes this incredible cartoon, watches it become this movie that's, in spite of Nickelodeon, like never really having faith in it. Like Avatar didn't come become a hit until after he fought with he had to yeah. fight Nickelodeon. So yeah. Like, I think he was trying to get it anywhere. He just wanted the show. and So then, you know, in all these years now since the Avatar movie, there's been four or five different, like, Avatar... They're going to redo Avatar live action. First, there was, like, another movie. It is coming. Then it was, like, a Netflix series. And this guy, Brian, the creator, keeps getting attached to these projects, getting started, and then he backs out and goes, no. This isn't how we want to do. Because people are just not. It's coming out on Netflix now. It is. But it, this isn't his. This I think it is. he started with it, and I don't think he's part of it I'm anymore. Sure he, I'm pretty sure he mended those bridges, and he's behind it. Okay. And I'm pretty sure if he's behind it, I'm good. And but... I'm pretty sure he got signed on Nickelodeon to do, I think two two more series. Cartoons. Yeah. Earthbender, and this is the cool thing. 
This is what I didn't know his vision was. It was. Did you watch the Avatar that I, I sent you? Did I send you an Avatar video? No, but I think it's probably the one I saw, but I didn't watch. All right, there's with av- him the interview with him. No. Oh, okay, then no. There's a, just a history. This kid on YouTube who's an Avatar. His whole channel's Avatar stuff, and he does a whole timeline of like how Avatar comes to be and like goes all the way through Korra. But essentially, Nickelodeon wants a show to appeal to teenagers to compete with essentially Harry Potter, and goes to what's his face, what's his name. Brian Kani Tuzuko. The creator of Avatar. And essentially says, can you come up with something? And they said the only restriction is like, we don't want violence. Like, no physical violence. So he's like, alright. So he just has to come up with a way to have, like, action adventure without, like, bloodshed, essentially. And two weeks is when he gives the full pitch of Avatar The Last Airbender. And there were some different changes in the series at the time. But essentially, it just gets greenlit then and there. And from there, it gets developed and made. And, like, now, what's going to happen with the series, like, say, Korra takes place, like, a hundred and some odd years after Avatar, because Aang lives a long time. And, like, the Avatars live longer than, like, normal people. So this was, like, a steampunk early 1900s. But the next one's going to be, like, present day. And it's an earthbender. In, like, modern day or thing. That's kind of cool. It is cool. And then the one after that... is a firebender in, like, in the, the future. future. <laughs> it's kind of fucking cool. It becomes sci-fi bending. Like, whoa. What? That's that's interesting stuff there. So, like, I wasn't too into Korra, but I, I watched Korra. I know Korra. And I like the steampunk stuff a little bit. But, like, to me, Aang, 10-year-old Aang... It's the best. It is the best. But I'm really interested to see, like, if that's the concepts going forward, like, what they come into. Now, I'm going to be now, an adult when these cartoons come out, and they're still, I'm assuming, going to be cartoons that are geared towards kids. kids. So, but... like, I'll have a different perspective watching these cartoons than I did when I was a kid. But... Do you think that they can make an Avatar video game? There's like an open one, world. There's actually one that's made, I believe it's made by Koei, the makers of Dynasty Warriors. And it's a Legend of Korra game, and it looks so fucking cool, and I never played it. Um... But yeah, like, why not? Like a Bender game? Yeah. And it should be like a MMO. Like a big Bender Like you're, you get to play as an avatar. Pick your tribe. You're like, are you an airbender? Are you a... No, I think you should be an avatar. And you have to master... No, because there can only be one avatar at a time. It'd be like a single player game. But I'm thinking like an MMO where you pick your Bender. And then like, you go through a story based on your class. And then you level up. And, like, eventually, if you pick an Earthbender, eventually you can, like, maybe be a metal bender, Or maybe be, like, some sort of, like, Toph uses sound. Like, you yeah. some, like there's different branches of Earthbending and then fire. You could be, maybe someday you could bend electricity. Or maybe you could do whatever special fire branches there are. And then, like... What would, what would be our passion better. project? We talked about the Star Wars treatment for the for the... For like the Harry Potter, That's, that'd be a good one. Era, like, give me seven films to go through the early childhood. You get child actors, adolescence, and of you're gonna keep them Padawans until they're and twenty-five. Then they'll eventually, become Jedi, full-fledged Jedi, and let me tell their stories. I can give you seven movies that are absolutely dominant. Talk to me, Disney. I'm right here. You already have it. You already have the start. Go to the Clone Wars. We've talked about it. Watch the move, the 
episode where the little kids Have get, their, get crystals their, their crystals and build their lightsabers. That's your first movie. Make it a full-length movie with kids. Then give those seven kids a long story. You're done. Dude, and you like you treat them <laughs> like the Atlanta the dark side. You treat them like the Atlanta Braves. You sign them for seven <laughs> movies at 12 years old for pennies on the dollar. The worst thing could happen. And then when the you, when you're making the seventh film, they're the biggest stars in the world, and they basically are poor. You get to be like, yeah, we did that. So, all right, we should record the podcast now. Okay.